For Ruth, the best of what life had to offer at the time was where she was. Anywhere else was the unknown. Culturally, she fit right in where she was. Her family was there for all the needed familiarity. Yet the comfort of Naomi and the truth that she demonstrated led Ruth to a land that was not her own. A land that may not have been as friendly as it should have. But despite that experience, the biblical narrative illustrates the importance of this immigrant in the lineage of the Messiah. Truth leads you beyond where you are and lights your way to freedom from all that binds you in degenerating familiarity. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Hi, and welcome to Sabbath School U. My name is Kathy Briton, and I am here with three amazing guests. Could you guys introduce yourselves for me and uh, just tell me your favorite pastime? My name is Courtney Gutnack, and what I enjoy is playing volleyball and traveling. My name is Michael Martell, and I enjoy the culinary arts. And my name is Alyssa Jeffers, and I enjoy just having some time to relax. <laughs> That is a really good pastime. I think my favorite pastime would be also playing volleyball, well, sports in general. Mm -hmm. um, Alyssa, why don't you start us off by reading uh, the verse for this week's lesson and maybe having a word of prayer for us? Okay. The verse is Proverbs 6.23. For this command is a lamp, this teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way to life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to sit here and dive more into your word. I ask that you would please send your Holy Spirit to be here with us in this time. Amen. 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 So this lesson starts off talking about uh, a story. It tells a story about two brothers who were left at home alone. Um, and when the mom left, she said specifically, she was like, you guys cannot. She had just baked a cake. So she's like, you guys cannot touch that cake. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do, do not touch that kid because I'm going to get back. And then she said what she was going to do if, you know, she, she came back and Fantastic. found it. Yeah. yeah. So she left and the kids were like, oh, should I eat it? Should I not eat it? They ended up eating it because the reasoning was it wasn't life or death. So I thought that was a really nice introduction to what we're going to talk about, a matter of life or death. Um, generally speaking, when we think of uh, God's, law. What do we think about that? Like, what is our reaction to the term God's law? Like if someone says, do not do this, or if God says, do not do this, and we hear that, what, do, what is our perspective on that? I think sometimes it, it, it has to do with what your relationship is to the law, what your understanding of what God's law is. And I think, um, I think sometimes for most people, when you hear law, you think rule. And sometimes rules make you feel nervous. You know, am I staying within the bounds of that rule? Am I making sure I'm following that law? So I think, generally speaking, most people approach the term God's law with, with what some could consider a, re a reverence. It can be revered. Some people may see it as something to fear, but not maybe in a positive way, something they're just not sure of how to follow. So I think, I think that's generally how people perceive it. Well, how do we... How do we, because ideally we don't want to perceive God's law as something that is thrown in our face, something that we don't like. How do we change that? How do we get God's law to be something that we're 
comfortable with, something that we love to do, it turns into love, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I think ideally that's what we would want, right? I think that it just comes from a deeper understanding of who God is and what his character is. Um, and just really diving into the Bible and thinking, why does God have this law for me? Um, why is he suggesting things like this? Why is he telling me to do things like this or not do things like this? What's um, the purpose of the law? Yeah, yeah, and I think sometimes um, we kind of miss that a little mm -hmm. bit. So it's just important to understand his character more, to mm -hmm. understand what it's about. Yeah, I think that perspective is very important. I know for me, um, just looking at it from the idea that he put those laws in place in order to um, protect us, in order for us not to, um, you know, fall. And so I view it sort of as a security. Physically, how, how does that happen? How do we become, you know, like, yeah, we understand God's character, but do we have to, how do we get to understand God's character? Is, does it come from strictly reading the Bible? Does it come from, you know, setting time apart, like uh, talking about him? Or maybe if we follow all the laws, maybe, it, you know, eventually we'll be, come to like him. Like, how do we get there? Sometimes, that... sometimes I view it as, um, you know, you go to a new school and you hear, you know, about a specific person or a specific individual. You know, maybe, you know, they ha they're notorious for one thing or the other and you think, okay, that's what that person is like. But maybe on an off chance, you meet this person in a different circumstance and you figure out, okay, a little bit more about them, maybe in a different setting. And, and you're like, okay, they're not anything like this and, and, and maybe the perception I needed to be working off was off of was one that you know was a little more informed. So how do you start to view God's law differently? I think first you have to you have to go to the source, and the source that we have here, our source of guidance and instruction, is the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I think once you start reading, you know, and you open up your your mind to to trying to at least understand what it's presenting. I think. God uses that opportunity to start revealing himself to you in, in maybe a different way than you thought you, you knew. Another way that you can definitely you know, spend time with God, God reveals himself, is through nature. I mean, mm -hmm. Ellen White talks about it, mm -hmm. getting out into the nature and studying his creation. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's made people, he's made every like beautiful sunset, all the trees, mm -hmm. just really diving in and thinking, you know, God made these because he loves me, and then going back to the Bible and just taking all these different areas, like relationships that you have with people. Relationships is a huge way that, you know, like you were saying, we get to know people, but not only your relationship directly with God, but also through other people. Mm -hmm. Seeing um, those people who are seeing the law as more than just a lot of rules, but something that they're applying to their life in a positive way, and seeing, you know, how they relate to God. How do they relate to you? And I think so through relationships, it can also be another tool. Yeah. Well, I think it's awesome that you mentioned nature because like you said, God created man and when you learn to love nature, when you learn to love like man, like the people around you, things like you sh shall not murder come naturally. Like mm -hmm. you're not going to want to kill anyone, you know, mm -hmm. like, and that's eventually what we want to get, like get to that aspect in our lives. Um, the next, Proverbs 6.23, um, I'm going to read it real quick. It says, For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light, and the corrections of discipline are the way to life. So how is that, how is the law related to light? 
I don't know, maybe I just have the wrong concept, but usually when I hear light in the Bible, I think of the Bible. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. right now they're talking about the law. Mm -hmm. um, what do you guys think of that? Like how? Okay, so when I think of light, what's the purpose of light? To illuminate so mm -hmm. you can see. Um, you know, when it's dark, you can't. Light helps you see. So when you think about the relationship of law and light, if you start to now look at law, not just a set of rules of do's and don'ts, but a set of instructions that help make things clearer, what is your journey on earth supposed to be like? This set of laws helps define that. It helps illuminate that path. I think when you start to, to think about how law and light are related, then you can start um, understanding that the law is an illumination. It's a, it's, it's a, 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 a tool that's used to help guide you to the right paths, down the right paths, doing the right things. Um, I think it's awesome that you put it in that way because actually I'm just going to go straight into the next question because it says, how can we be serious about the gravity of sin without falling into the trap of uh, fanatism? Well, this is awesome. I love this question because we're looking, like I said, originally I thought every time the light was mentioned, it was um, had to do with the Bible, like, oh, Jesus is love, Jesus cares about us. But this is talking about laws. This is talking about things that are, you know, yes and no, that we sometimes take in a negative way. Because I think it's a fine line between, like, obeying the law and being a fanatic, a fanatic yeah. versus, like, obeying the law and just being nor normal. You think about it and you're like, okay, what, what would Jesus have from my life? You know, what, what was the point of me being on earth? Um, I, think, I think God wants us to live life and live it more abundantly, okay? So I think, I think it, it, it all boils down to um, truly understanding the purpose of the law. I think fanaticism comes out of a lack of understanding of the purpose of the law. And so when you, when you go through life thinking that you have to, you know, live your life with these, this, this checklist, it stops becoming about the experience and more about you know meeting the criteria, and um, so so I think the way that you can kind of start to have a balance there is truly understanding the nature of the law, the purpose of the law, and if if you think that the nature of the law is so that you can just fulfill a checklist, then I would I would say perhaps there's an opportunity there to go a little deeper and and maybe you know, look at it another way, see how the law actually can come alive in your life. And, and, and when you live life and you live it more abundantly, your relationships with others change. You're, you're, you're able to see how those laws help guide you through what life has to offer. Yeah, I think it's important just to stop and ask yourself, why did God give me, why did God give the human race these laws in the first place? Mm -hmm. So when you stop and think about that, or you look over the laws, um, or like the Ten Commandments, what uh, has been revealed to us in the Bible, and when you look at those things, you really see that it's because God loves us. Mm -hmm. um, through this, He has revealed things in life that if we participate in these types of things, in the long run, it will really hurt us. Mm -hmm. And so just by asking yourself, okay, why is this, why am I told not to kill anyone? Why am I told to do all these different things? Um, and for me, it really just comes back, God has told me this, um, revealed this to me through our, our friendship, through our relationship, that I have told you this because I love you. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't want to see you get hurt. I mean, this world is full of sin and awful things, but I'm here for you. I'm here to help protect you. I'm here to help you through this life, and here's some ways to help you live a better, more fulfilled life. Jesus, mm -hmm. he healed on the Sabbath, and that was, what were you not supposed to do? Heal on the Sabbath. That was directly breaking the law. When is it okay to directly break the law? Well, that's a very interesting point, um, and it can cause a lot of conversations, and um, I think it brings up really good conversation also. But I think that, you know, when people were looking at the law back then, they weren't realizing what the true nature and the true character behind the law was. Mm -hmm. God gave us these laws for a reason, um, and they just saw them as very, well, it says not to work on the Sabbath, mm -hmm. so anything that involves like healing, that's work on the Sabbath, don't do it. But we are also called um, in our loving relationship with Christ to love others and reveal him um, to them. And that's what Christ was doing. He was revealing God's character. Um, he tells us it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Why would we not want to do good on the Sabbath? Um, make it a more fulfilling Sabbath day even, you know, so. Yeah, and it's not, like I said before, it's a fine line. Uh, because I know growing up, um, uh, there was there was just so many rules, you know, like we would put a blanket over our TV so that we wouldn't be tempted to watch TV, you know, <laughs> or, um, and I remember the first time I went into one of um, my friend's homes and they were watching like National Geographic, Geographic or like some, you know, like, like animal nature show, nature program or, or whatever. Okay. And I was like, oh, on the Sabbath? <laughs> and so, you know, I, it's, what would you have done if changed. you saw, you know, a bunch of vegetables running around screen talking? Exactly. <laughs> and so I, I feel like it's a fine line and it all depends on your relationship with God and what mm -hmm. he tells you. Um, because what might be okay to you and your culture and the way you live might not be okay to me. And I think that also respecting that. Okay, now to the question I was going to ask. Um, how can, I mean, what biblical examples do we have of those who choose to follow God's law despite uh, powerful reasons not to. The first thing that came to my mind um, was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, because everyone around them, you know, was obeying and they stood there um, in faith that God would take care of them. So that's, that's what came to my mind. I think of Moses also. I mean, go and talk to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world and tell him to set your people free. Uh, yeah, okay, Moses sits there with, <laughs> yeah, every excuse in the book, like, uh, I don't speak well. Um, okay, well, I'm God and I'm bigger. I'm here to help you. You know, that was terrifying for Moses. He didn't, Pharaoh could have had him killed in a second, mm -hmm. but he trusted in God. And it's amazing just to see what God did through him. I mean, and it took more than one try, um, but he definitely, he stepped up there and did what God called him to do, and it's uh, an amazing example. A big one for me is Joseph. Uh, being in a situation where, you know, it wasn't just a matter of choosing to do something or not to do something, but in the midst of the individual who had the power to punish you for disobeying their law, their request, versus what he knew God's law and God's request to be. So you think Potiphar's wife, being able to turn away from that temptation and, and stand in the midst of what he knew was right, even though he had everything to risk 
against him. Uh, that to me is such a powerful demonstration of the faith that he held. Yeah. And, and that's a character that speaks to, to um, you know, the obedience that they've been able to display through their faith in relationship with Christ. Yeah, and I think obedience, um, the person that I thought of was Abraham, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's another big one. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, taking your child up to go kill him? Mm-hmm. Come on, like, mm -hmm. I don't know that I would be able to do that. I don't know if my love for God's law is that strong because that's t literally taking your child up to go kill him. I like mean, on the downswing. On the, yeah. You know? Yeah. And he had no idea that he was going to get stopped. Like, that's 100% that's faith. Mm -hmm. Now, what can we learn from each of these characters? We all mentioned one, mm -hmm. so we can all talk yeah. about um, a different thing that we can learn from them. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to start with Abraham. I mean, full reliance on God. Um, you know, I think that, that re his relationship with God was so strong that, yeah, it was difficult for him, but he didn't hesitate to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we can all learn from that. Um, how can we get to that, to that place in our lives where our love for God, our like we can, we know that God wants us to do that, whether it's the most difficult thing that we've ever had to do. You know, that's what I learned from Abraham. Um, for Moses, I mean, right off the bat, he's being spoke to straight up by God through a burning bush, but it wasn't consumed. Mm -hmm. How, in my mind, I'm, I sit here and I think, how, how could you not? How could you not go? and just do what God tells you when he reveals himself like that to right. you. But I mean, just another reminder that, you know, we need that full trust in God. And I mean, kind of like the reliance thing, trust is huge, just turning over and believing that because of our relationship with Christ, he's gonna take care of us. He's the God that created the world. <laughs> um, why would I think that by going and talking to someone like Pharaoh that it wasn't either fulfilling his plan or he wasn't going to take care of me. I mean, there's always fear behind it, but the more that you build that trust with God, then the more you can grow closer to him. Before you answer, um, when we look at that from the outside, like the situation mm -hmm. with Moses, and we look at, and even the Israelites, like God provided so much for them, and we look at them like, how could you not believe in God? How could you betray so him so forgetful. many times? Yeah, how could you forget that? We do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like God reveals himself, maybe not in a burning bush, but in mm -hmm. so many other ways um, now. And we just forget that. And I think that's another important thing that we can learn from Moses um, is just that, hey, you know, God is revealing himself. It's just a matter of us noticing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely through Joseph, I, I think about um, obedience and, and, and honesty. You know, this is the this is the face of temptation. What he experienced, and um, and the perse perseverance to be able to stand true to what you know to be correct, even when you have everything to lose. And you know, he could have easily talked himself into doing what he had been requested to do. However, um, you know, when he weighed the 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 consequences from what he knew God expected from him, you know, that is a, a strong test of character. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Um, I guess in my situation, it's pretty obvious, you know, their, their lives were on the line, but they had complete faith 
That Wait, remind me who was your... Shadrach, Meshach. That, that's right, that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, so that's okay. Um, they had complete faith that God would take care of them all the way to the fiery furnace, yeah. you know? And yeah. I, I like the one that you mentioned also because uh, even in... I mean, it seems like that set of individuals had been continuously tested. So I think about even through diet and appetite. You know, they needed to have a clear mind to be able to make those kinds of decisions. Mm, yeah, and, and they were able to stand up even at the risk of being killed again, yeah. another opportunity to lose their life. You know, these are strong Bible characters here, yeah. you know. Great. And it was really simple, you right. know, they could have chosen to bow down, mm -hmm. but, but they didn't. It wasn't, you know, a terrible request, mm -hmm. but they stood firm in what they believed, mm -hmm. and that's awesome. So Proverbs is full of all kinds of amazing wisdom, and it's like it hops here and forth and uh, everywhere and you know, but what principles can we find specifically in Proverbs 6 and 7, which is what the lesson is about, um, to help withstand temptation? So as what, what things can we find in the Bible that will help us, you know, endure <clears throat> this tempta temptation? Okay, well, I'm going to ju jump in here and say in, in Proverbs 6 and 7, uh, there, there's lots of um, examples that are given about how wisdom is revealed to you, how you can prepare yourself with the tools provided to you through Scripture in, in safeguarding yourself against temptation, um, against, you know, the snares of Satan, right? So, you know, the first thing I think that you can glean from it is preparing yourself. Expose yourself to the tools that you're given. Saturate your, your understanding with what what the Bible says, and then the next thing would be keeping yourself from those situations. Because a lot of times I think we can find ourselves in a situation of temptation, but we placed ourselves in that atmosphere. So if you can first educate yourself on what, was, what principles to live by, and then choose not to put yourself in positions where those types of temptations occur, I think you have a greater chance of limiting that type of temptation. Not, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to always, you know, I think come out on top. Kind of as a precursor to mm -hmm. that, I think it's also important to realize that we are going to be tempted. Sure. We are. The Bible tells us, like, this is going to happen just because, you know, we are baptized or just because we start believing in God does not mean that we're not going to have these struggles. We're not going to be tempted. That's when they get worse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So just remembering that. You know, we are going to be tempted. And so here the Bible tells us, like you were saying, just educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Know the Bible and know ways to help overcome that temptation and just stay away from it. But we can't just be so caught up in, you know, my relationship with God right now mm -hmm. feels really good. So I must, I'm not going to have these struggles. Mm -hmm. We need to always be aware because like, like the Bible says, the Satan prowls like a roaring lion. Mm -hmm. You never know when he's going to attack. Mm -hmm. so. The Bible specifically um, talks about binding. Um, I'm reading from Proverbs 6, 21. Mm -hmm. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. Mm -hmm. So literally take, you know, these recommendations, because that's what they are, just um, recommendations, way to live by. Like Proverbs gets into very specific things. It talks about adultery in mm -hmm. 7, like specific, the damage that adultery does for the adulterer and the, the families that are being affected. Like, 
it's very specific in the Bible and it says, bind these um, commandments, these laws, bind them around your, around your neck, like hold them close. Mm -hmm. um, and I like what the, what the lesson actually uses as an example. It, there's a symbolism there, and it talks about in the Jewish faith, they, they wear the, the Teflon. And these are like symbolic reminders that, that speak to that proverb mm -hmm. about binding it to your heart and, to, and in, on, on your fingers. These are tangible uh, symbols that people use to remind themselves. And I think, and I would pose, you know, use scripture. Scripture is your, is your tangible. You can recite those scriptures in your heart and in your mind. That's why it's important to have them in your heart so that you can always have access to that. And, you know, it talks about when you sleep, it will, it will be with you. And when you awake, it will, it will speak to you. Mm -hmm. And I think um, that's a tangible that most people don't think about available scripture that you can use to help, you know, as a symbol towards that. that. Playing off of what you said, Kathy, uh, just about binding continually on your heart, if you look at Proverbs 7, 1 and 2, it talks about, um, my son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep them as a treasure, you know, keep them close to you. Keep my commands and live. So right there, we're being told that by treasuring God's word, by keeping these commands close to our heart, understanding, really gaining a deeper understanding of them is how we can live fully. And I think that, you know, when we treasure these, when we keep them close to our hearts, when, you know, even when we memorize them, when we, we're able to live by them, that's when, going back to the beginning of, beginning of the lesson, that's when, you know, we're not so scared of, of these laws. We don't look at it as, oh, they're throwing it in my face. There's we a relationship at, to the content. Yeah, yeah, we look at it as more of, okay, you know, this is what God wants because it's what's best for me. So what can we take from this? Like what, what have we learned from this lesson? Um, some things that really stuck out to me, I mean, I love stories. So when we were talking about some of the other Bible characters mm -hmm. and just talking about, their different stories that they had. I mean, just looking at those and remembering God has a plan for us. They're gonna be hard times. I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that had to have been terrifying, um, but they kept their faith and we saw the positive result of that. I mean, each of the people that we mentioned, I mean, God providing the lamb and Moses' people, the Israelites being set free. There is that plan in the end, we just need to keep trusting and looking back to these characters who did trust in God's law. And, and also remembering that you know, it is a matter of life and death. Each one that we mention, their choice was a matter of life and death. It meant death of thousands in Moses' case. It could have been the death of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or even Joseph. And, and choosing to follow God's law, choosing to, um, to each one of them seemed to have taken out time at some point in their life to build that relationship with what God's law actually meant. Um, when it came down to the matter of life and death and they chose, it, it made the biggest difference. And, and we see that displayed through and, the Bible. And I think to kind of continue on to that is the important part is that these people, it wasn't that they woke up that morning and said, hmm, I think I'll follow God today. I think that I'll really look into his laws and get to know him better. Um, it was that they really took it personally and built that relationship every day. Well, thank you guys for being here. 
If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of the Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Kathy Britton.